Savannah Lee and Cat will tell you the facts from shows on or off Broadway. Your bi-weekly show, follow more to know, listen to what they have to say. This podcast won't run a week with Cat and Sleep. Hello everyone, I'm Leah Michelle as Aunt Eller in the Napa Valley premiere of Oklahoma. And I'm Gary the Snail as Sandy in Annie the Musical at, you guessed it, La Jolla Playhouse. <laughs> no, this- no, at, um, oh, what is that theater in Utah called? Tuacon? No, Hale, Hale Center for the Arts, I think. Oh, yes, Hale Center for the Arts. <laughs> yes, that's where Gary is. Yes, perfect. Sandy. Perfect. And this podcast won't run a week, your bi-weekly musical theater podcast, where we talk about musicals and sometimes Utah. Sometimes. Sometimes. When it comes up. Only when it comes up. Oh, my gosh. How are you? Let's, let's um, catch up. I'm great. I'm great. Um, some exciting stuff has been kind of boiling, bubbling. My uh, Barb Holland video uh, on the Stranger Things TikTok went viral. Uh, so that's real cool. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's still it's still kind of creeping its way up the ladder. It is officially the most liked slash viewed video on the Stranger Things TikTok page. Um. No, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I haven't asked you yet, but how does it feel to have a video of you go viral and be seen by, what is it, 400,000 people? Yeah, it's it's weird because it's not actually my video, you know? It's a video of me. Yeah. So, you know, little setback. It feels really cool. Um, and it is hilarious because if you go onto the video... The majority of the comments, my brother called me today and he was like, how does it feel? This is like really cool. He was like, how are you taking it? Like, I bet the comments are like very all over the place. Like, are you okay with the negative comments? I was like, there's not really any negative comments about me. No. What the majority of the comments, they're not even, they're no good or bad comments. The majority of the comments are the the Kurt Hummel of it all like it's a they think it's a Glee reference because it's a because it's a Rose's turn reference yeah and so that's the majority of the comments is talking about Glee which and is like, hilarious to me hilarious but the most upsetting because I'm so upset <laughs> Rose's turn Rose did not turn for you to not know that this is from not Glee. I know, I know. Well, and my brother was like, well, it's probably not reaching the side of TikTok you think it is. And I was like, that's fair. But it's still musical theater TikTok. So you'd think there would still be some people in there being like fighting for Mama Rose's life. You know, there's one, there's one or two, but not nearly enough. (laughs) So that's that. Um, And also, uh, Stranger Things is going worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. Mr. I didn't even think about it. Mr. Worldwide. Will Byers, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> For real, though. Um, yeah, we're opening a production in Australia. And we're also opening a production. I say we. They're opening a production in Australia and a production in London. 
We will also be reopening in New York in the fall of 2022, and those details are to come. Uh, We love building the suspense. It's like those girls who get the lead in their community theater show being like, I'm so excited. Do not compare me to those bitches. That is not what I'm (laughs) saying. Not you. Not you. The entire, the whole thing of like details to come. It's very like, I have exciting news and I can't wait to share it with everyone, but I can't do it yet. And then it's like a pink shoe emoji. I know. Or a little dog. Yes. Or like the girl with the hair, like, and it's the blonde, like flipping it. Yeah. Oh, also emoji land got canceled. Emoji Land got canceled. Mm, I feel so bad. For I that feel cast. really bad. Yeah, that sucks. I feel and so bad. And for it to for be that. like, have the rug pulled out from under them so, like, last minute. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ugh. I, I truly can't even imagine. Like, my heart goes out to all of the people in that cast because it's like they're not in a position of authority on this at all like they don't have any power they don't have anything to like make the situation better for them they're just fucked yeah it's like, and they're all like fresh faced they're all fresh faced and it's like they did this whole campaign to like publicly cast this tour and then you're gonna cancel it I know they I mean, really must not have had the money. Like, really, really. Truly. Like, there must have been, like, a major financial issue going on. Yeah. Embezzlement, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this is a. This has now become a true crime podcast. Pile of poo is embezzling money from the Emojiland <laughs> National Tour. You heard it here first. You can't trust a pile of poo. No. I finally <laughs> saw that video of her. Crying. I had never seen it before. It's hilarious and it's, but she knows it's funny too, which I think is why she posted it. Cause it is, it is so hilarious to watch her be like, you are cast as pile of poo in the Emoji Land musical. (laughs) I love it. You you must be aware, but it's also so funny to just watch someone cry. (laughs) I know, but also like me, like I would be that way. Me for sure absolutely it just feels like right out of a sketch though like yeah it feels like oh what's her name like megan stalter i think that's her name she does she's got the like hi gays oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. like i see her doing a sketch with something like that like yes i know exactly what you're talking about yeah i love her so but so good but Tomorrow, as in tomorrow from today, not when you're listening to this. Um, so June third. So June third. There you go. You can uh, go and go on to Broadway Exchange, and I'm going to be doing an interview for them. Uh, they're interviewing me for Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah. So yes, that's super cool. Jeez. Um, Big deal. Listen, Broadway Exchange. Next stop, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> next stop. James Corden. <laughs> the carpool karaoke or musical in the street. What musical in the street would you want to do with James Corden? You could Wait, pick. We could do Stranger Things. Yeah. Wait, but then who would James Corden play? The Demogorgon. The Demogorgon? Or me. He'd play Barb. <gasps> this, no, this is what we'd do. This is what we would do. I have the. James Corden, if you're listening, call me, okay? I have an idea. <laughs> It'd be a whole bit. Mm hmm. 
I would be playing James Corden. And then he would come out and he would be Barb. And we'd do a little switcheroony. It'd be funny. There you go. James Corden, you heard it here first. And then I don't have to dance in my winter clothing in the middle of Los Angeles heat. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but I can sit in a nice suit yep. and watch them from a TV screen. Just like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm James Corden. <laughs> I was I was in the prom. In the prom. <laughs> oh, I was a straight man in a gay role in the prom. <laughs> um no, yeah, that's who he'd be. Or he'd want to be Joyce, but you couldn't not have yeah. Caroline. See, I think the obvious choice is for him to be Barb. But also I would love for him to be Will. Mm. Put that little black wig on him, the bowl cut, and have him sing Will's little song. And then he does the whole McCavity number, and then the rest of the cast comes out in Cats costumes. Exactly. There you go. We get the movie cast of Cats. They come oh, out. Oh, I meant the Stranger Things cast. It's Stranger a mix. Sings. It's the film Cats. Idris Elba's there in <laughs> Stranger Things cast. <laughs> you know what's so funny? That is that um, the other day I I had a thought, you know, when you're just like imagining like, oh, like what's to come, you know, whatever, yeah. right? Oh, every day. <laughs> every day. I know. Every fucking day. But I was like, if someone were to ask me, like, I saw, I was watching a YouTube video where people were like, who do you, who do people say you look the most like? And I had a thought of like, who the fuck would I even say? And I said, and to myself, I was like. I would say with a full chest, Idris Elba. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. That's very funny. Like without Listen, without Idris Elba. hesitation, Idris Elba. <laughs> like on hot ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Cool. cool That's a show. Here. That's a show I want to be on is hot ones. I could never I couldn't I no, would literally you couldn't. die. Yeah, you couldn't. You would drink the water. Yeah, I would be like, it would work its way up to like carbonated water, and like that's <laughs> as spicy as I can get. What about you? What's going on with you? <laughs> What's going on with me? Well, let me tell you, this last week of my life has been a roller coaster of feelings and emotions in life, and it's been crazy. I found out la on May twenty fourth. I think it was May twenty fourth. That uh, my contract in Virginia is now null and void. I will not be going to Virginia. Womp womp. I'm very sad about it. I try not to think about it too much. Uh, Basically, long story short, it was COVID-related stuff. Um, So I'm not going because of COVID. But then I decided I'm going to get out of the city. So I went to a friend's like 30th birthday beach weekend thing. And on my way back on Monday, because it was Memorial Day, I got a text from a friend being like, hey, I know someone who needs an intimacy choreographer. And I gave her your information. And so now I am going to be the intimacy choreographer for the musical Big Gay Love Story at the Queerly Festival. Uh, it, there are two performances at the end of June, and you could come live, or I believe there's also a live stream. So, you have options, and I've only seen a little bit, but the actors are 
the actors are really good. Like, I wasn't sure going into, like, a festival thing. I was like, this could be hit or miss. But the actors are, like, really good. Everyone is so nice. Yay. And that's nice. It's nice to be around nice people. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you have to be around me all the time. It sucks. Oh, exhausting. Exhausting. Um, But, like, I mean, I hate when I hate. When, my, when I'm having a bad day and my mom says this, but it's true. It's like something closes because there's something else opening. And that just is a true fact. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always been true for me. Yeah, it's it hasn't always felt like that, especially over the last couple of years. But like mm-hmm. this is a moment where I'm like, I, I see that. I clock that. Yep. Cool. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing that. Um, if you love gay love you're gonna love this show <laughs> what is uh michelle visage saying on uh, at the end of um the pit stop do you watch the pit stop no i oh, should but i don't you should i love the pit stop bob is hosting it this season um but she goes hey do you like gay shit then you should subscribe to rupaul's drag race on youtube <laughs> and that's this musical because it is yeah. a big gay love story of a musical love hey hey yeah well congratulations thank you congratulations to you on your digital trading card and your interview and all the good things yeah that that i know but the listeners don't know yeah that's true i did fill you in first (laughs) literally first (laughs) literally before anyone else before anybody else yeah i was actually Um, on the phone while it was happening to you in your pocket exactly you're always on speaker in my phone. Constantly. Wait a minute. In my pocket. Yes, constantly. Uh, well, we've talked a lot about new stuff, exciting stuff, yeah, contemporary let's talk about old stuff. Shit. Let's talk about something old. Today, we're talking about Rogers and Hammerstein's carousel. Yeah, we we are. <laughs> Listen, um, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Um, Yeah, for some reason, I was really adamant about leading this episode. I don't know anything about Carousel. I know the song Soliloquy and Mr. Snow. Oh, and If I Loved You. Oh, and Judas (laughs) Bussy. And and that's a mighty fine clam bake. And... (laughs) Wait, Judas Bussy and all over. You'll never walk alone. Yeah. But, But I will say... I knew all of the... Oh, and uh, what's the use of wondering? <laughs> Actually, this is your favorite show. You didn't know it till just now. This is my favorite musical. Um, but uh, genuinely, though, I like have... I, I, lo- I know all of those songs, but never in a million years was I able to put together the story because of those songs. Because the story is insane. Insane. Very interesting. Like, there, I was when I was going through it, I was like, oh, this is probably beautiful on stage. Yeah. There are things that I'm not okay with. Yes. But there are things where I'm like, I would love to see that on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I watched a clip from the National Theater in London's production in 1993. The, just, like, the opening, like, overture of, like the carnival kind of like being built on the stage and the carousel, like coming to life. Stunning. 
Yeah. I, I like, wanted to cry. I was like, it's yeah. the beauty of theater. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, just a side note. I am... <laughs> Uh, I literally was about to say I'm dog sitting for a big dog right now and he uh, she might bark and she just did hey Henry Henry relax yeah big stretch good girl she's two and she is so sweet but she does bark really loudly (laughs) that might happen again um okay so Something that is super cool about the show that I did not realize until going through that they actively did not want to have an overture for this show because they wanted to make they wanted to force the audience to be zoned in right away to like force their focus. Yeah. Which I thought was super cool and very before their time before its time in Absolutely. that way. Yeah. Um, they also said that uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein also said that the music was too complex to really make an overture work because there weren't enough string instruments to overpower the brass mm. and the melodies just were like not happening, um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, especially because in this time period, the overture is so overtures are so well-written and iconic and yeah a big part of their, their production so i just thought that was super interesting um so uh it was adapted in 1945 by richard rogers and oscar hammerstein uh from for i do not know how to say this person's name forenic molnar sure it's spelled f-e-r-e-n-c M-O-L-N-A with an accent over it, R. Uh, Their play from 1909 called Lilium. Um, And it was that play Lilium, excuse me if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. I had never heard of it until I did research on uh, uh, Carousel. Uh, But it's set in Budapest and we of course are in Maine. More on that later. Um, Hammerstein and, uh, Rogers, um, were asked to, were not asked, but were hinted at, maybe you should do something with this, uh, show, uh, after they, after they did Oklahoma together, um, and they were meeting with these people, Helburn and Longner, um, of the Theater Guild, they were producers that helped uh, Hammerstein and Rogers with Oklahoma funding, and it was a really challenging thing to get funded. And so they were constantly meeting with these two people about it. Um, and then together, these two people, uh, Helburn and Logner, Long Longner, yeah, uh, termed the Goat Club, which is a luncheon uh, that they all talked about financing musicals. And at this luncheon, um, they proposed a musical version of Lilium to Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, yeah. And they were like, hell no, <laughs> we're not doing that. That sounds uh, awful. Yeah. They were like, no, thank you. I, they said, uh, they have no reason to write something about Budapest. Cause that means nothing to them. Like yeah. Budapest doesn't have any significance to them. Um, and they thought that 
they didn't like the unhappy ending and it wouldn't be suitable for musical theater. Then they go to another luncheon and they propose it again. And then they're like, but instead of Budapest, you could do it in Louisiana <laughs> and make everyone Creole. And Rodgers and Hammerstein were like, hmm, maybe we could figure that out. And then they were like, you know what? No, because it would be super corny having to write lyrics uh, filled with Z-I-S and Z-O-S-E. So Zis and Zos, they didn't want to have to write songs with those lyrics because they thought it would be corny and not effective. As we can we can agree that that is true. Yeah. <laughs> From looking back at musicals who tried to do things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> showboat. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I had an inch in my throat. <laughs> um, but then um, finally a breakthrough came when Rogers... Uh, who had a house in Connecticut, was chilling in Connecticut, and, like, woke up and was like, we should set it in New England, because Maine. And so they started writing it in 1945, in the setting of Maine. Right on the money, right on the money. They thought that um, the character of Julie Jordan was very... of what a, a Connecticut woman is, just quiet and on and like angelic and ingenue and gentle um and thought that they could really see her storyline happen uh with a strength to it in new england Mm. which i think is super interesting okay great so with with them shifting it to connecticut and uh just having to make changes to the story they were unsure of things uh that they think were going to cause them challenges, such as the motivation for the character of Lilium, 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 and his motivation for the robbery that happens. Mm. But he, uh, Richard Rogers, um, had a similar problem when he was writing Pal Joey. And so he was like, you know what? I actually know what to do. Um, I'm going to have him talk to himself like I had Joey sing to himself and I'm talking to my pal. So that inspired soliloquy to happen, which is a gift. <laughs> Truly one of the best musical theater songs ever written. I agree. Truly. I totally agree. They later, both partners later told the story that soliloquy was only intended to be a song about Lilum's dreams of a son, but that Rogers, who had two daughters, insisted that Liam consider that Julie might have a girl because you have to be a father to a girl. Um, and I just think that's beautiful. Yeah. It's such a great part of the song. Um, another fun fact about the writing, uh, them writing it together. So we have to, we have to remember this was written in the forties, right? 1945. The pair decided to make the song. This was a real nice clam bake into an ensemble number. Hammerstein realized though, that he had no idea what a clam bake was like. (laughs) Me either. So when the song, uh, as they proceeded to write the song, uh, they started to discuss things like lobsters being consumed at the feast. Hammerstein wrote the line, we slid them down the back and peppered them good. He was grieved to hear from a friend that lobsters are always slit down the front and not the back. The lyricist sent a researcher to a seafood restaurant and heard back that lobsters are always slit down the back. Hammerstein concluded that there is a disagreement about which side of the lobster is the back. You know what? That's fair. 
That's yeah. a fa- I don't know which side of the lobster is the back. Is it the one on the top or the one on the bottom? I would think the top. But I could see people being like, no, it's the bottom. Because, like... Yeah. I get that. I understand that. Yep. Understood. Um, so, that happened. However, there was another error caught in in the song June is Busting Out All Over. Iconic song. In which... Sheep are depicted as seeking to mate in late spring. They actually do so in the winter. Whenever Hammerstein has this brought to his attention, he always is told he always says that in 1873 it was a special year in which sheep mated in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. I would I'd be like he made his fun- own history. I'd be like this man comes back from the dead. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler alert. It comes, it's a zombie musical. So, like, it let's yeah. fucking relax. No, this is Ghost. Wait, yeah. it kind of is. It kind of is. And that makes me sad. The pottery scene and everything. <sighs> yeah, there is that, <laughs> that crucial pottery scene in Carousel. Yeah, where they basically fuck on top of a pottery yeah. wheel. Yeah. And that's Demi how Moore. she gets Demi Moore is in this. Yeah. I mean, as is Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, Whoopi and that Goldberg other guy. sings. June is busting out all over. <laughs> don't you remember? Don't you remember? Don't you recall? In in her habit from Sister mm-hmm. Act. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Little known facts <laughs> that now you know. <laughs> in Richard Rogers' uh, autobiography, he stated, "Quote: One of the most frequent questions I am asked is, what is your favorite of all your musicals?' My answer is Carousel." Oscar never wrote more meaningful or more moving lyrics, and to me, my score is more satisfying than that of any I've ever written, end quote. It's not wrong. I mean, it is a rich score. I I was listening to it before we started recording, and I was like, listening to this score, especially after spending so much time listening to, like, Mean Girls and Heathers and, you know, very contemporary shows. Jervin Hansen. Listening to this score and these lyrics after listening to all of that is like going to a fine dining establishment after only eating McDonald's for weeks. You mean like going to a clam bake? <laughs> it's like going to a mighty fine clam bake. <laughs> um... Uh, so now we get to the juice. Mm, this the, the clam juice. The clam juice. That hot clam juice. That hot, boiling clam juice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this synopsis. All right. Buckle in, because a lot happens. So, the show opens... Without an overture, as we find out. Correct? Yes. Okay, good. We're locked in. Just like Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein wanted. We're locked in. Um, We meet two young female mill workers uh, in 1873 Maine, um, and they're going to the town's carousel after work. Uh, We find out that they are Julie Jordan, and she is hot for Billy. Very hot for Billy. Not unlike Billy from Stranger Things. (laughs) It is Billy from Stranger Things. 
Could you imagine? Like, I know Stranger Things doesn't, or Stranger Things. I'm so used to saying Stranger Things. I know. I, do I know the same Stranger thing. Things doesn't do this, but you know how um, Riverdale does like a musical episode. Yeah. They do Carousel in Stranger Things. It's the high school musical. And Billy plays Billy. And comes back from the dead. And he, co- and he like, literally comes back from the dead. Honestly, though, that... Oh, and he would check in on his sister. That would actually be really beautiful. Oh, and, it, the, and the soliloquy would be about his sister. Yeah. Hmm. Stranger Things writers. Call us. Knock, knock. Duffer Brothers. Duffer Brothers, thank you. I was like, I don't know their yeah. names. Got you. Um, great. So um, we find out that it is Julie and her friend Carrie Pipperidge. Uh, sweet little Carrie Pipperidge are the two uh, women going to the carousel. Uh, Julie is hot for Billy, like we just said. Um, and Julie lets him put his arm around her during the ride. But the widowed Miss Mullins, <laughs> Mullen, excuse me, um, the owner of the carousel, tells Julie to never come back. I know. Like, damn, girl. Come on. <laughs> Just because your your pussy is dry as the fucking desert doesn't yep. mean mine has to be, Miss Mullen. Why don't you mull yeah. over the there? Yeah. She's upset because she's like, I use this carousel to masturbate. So you're going to have a date on it? I think not. Absolutely fucking not. I let those Off horses take me up and down and up. And uh, the 1873 vibrator. She's riding that pony. Yes, she is. <laughs> the one's pony comes on. And it's just Miss Mullen like, my pony. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Oh. Um, so then Carrie and Julie, they fight with Miss Mullen because they're like, the fuck? Like, we can't come back to the carousel? Like, what are you saying? Billy arrives and sees that Miss Mullen is jealous and makes fun of her. And then she immediately fires him. She's like, oh, oh, I think not. Look, is she a bitch? Yes. But do I love a girl boss? Yes. Yes. Slay queen. Slay, slay queen, slay. Um, So he's fired and he's like, you know what? Whatever. Julie, come have a drink with me. And so she's like, okay. Um, and then that's where we get, uh, you know, you're a queer one, Julie Jordan. Another song I know. Yeah. Ugh. Again, like, what the, like, yeah. I'm so happy I finally got to cover this because I'm like, I don't know what this show I don't know what's about. happening. Exactly. These songs don't make sense. Out of yeah. Like. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we find out that Carrie is really interested in somebody as well, and that is Mr. Enoch Snow. His name is Mr. Snow, and an upstanding man is he. What does he smell like? Fish. 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 Well, what does she say? What's that? Uh, well, Mr. Snow, here I am. <laughs> I know. Uh, there is no good way to deliver that line. Well, Mr. Snow. Here I am. <laughs> like, even that. <laughs> if I was in the audience, immediately I'd be like, <laughs> I would <Boo>. laugh. <laughs> Get off the stage. I would take my one Boo. tomato and throw it right at Carrie. <laughs> your, your sliced tomato from your sandwich. <laughs> like, for like a Frisbee, just. Yeah. <laughs> Backhanded, though. <laughs> 
seeds spill out in front of everyone in front of you? I'm in the balcony. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. It's very much like Yeah. It's very much like, hey driver, drive these. Dear God, please be 18. (laughs) Oh, I love that movie. Uh, Yes, so when I marry Mr. Snow, it's what we find out about Enoch Snow, right? Um, And she's newly engaged, and she's very, very smitten and excited um, to marry a fish farmer. (laughs) Sounds gay to me. (laughs) I mean. Listen, it is pride. Happy pride. Happy pride. This show should be about lesbians. Yes, it should. It's hinting at it all over the place. Incredible. You're a queer one, Julie Jordan. First, basically, first song of the show. Fish is my favorite perfume. (laughs) Sounds like vagina to me. Anyway, (laughs) so then, um, now that we've now that uh, Carrie has come out, Billy then comes back, um, and this person's name. I am going to butcher every time. Bascombe? Sure. B-A-S-C-O-M-B-E. I think together we are just going to say it's Bascombe, okay? Yeah, Um, The owner of the mill um, happens by with a politician as Julie and Billy um, are together. Um, And she, and he's like, please, like, please stay out with me, Julie, please stay out with me. And she's like, I can't because if I do, I'll lose my job as the mill worker, you know, cause I'm a sweet little lady, whatever. And then, um, she, the, um, the bis, bas, Bosco <laughs> from last season of drag race, um, Bascombe, uh, the owner of the mill, Offers to escort Julie back home because it is getting too late for her to be out. LOL. And she's like, no, I'm good. And she's fired on the spot. Because the owner was like, sounds a lot, sounds a lot, a lot like the casting couch to me. Look, it seems like nobody wants to fucking work these days. Get your ass up and fucking work. Yo. So... Yes, yeah, so she is fired, and so she's left alone with Billy, and they talk about what life could be if they were in love. But they're not, they don't love each other. No, right, no, I don't love you. I'm just like, but what if I did? But I don't. But what if? In a beautiful song. I love the, this song and this, like, whole bench scene. Gorgeous. If I Loved You is so, so beautiful. It's so beautiful, and it's such a beautiful turn of the traditional, like, all right, we've got our our male lead and our female lead, our two romantic leads. Now they're going to sing about how much they love each other. Yeah. And they're not, they're like, like, if I loved you, I would do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. I'd suck your dick, smack your ass. <laughs> Give you cookie, cookie, cookie dinner. Give you cookie, house. got you cookie. Give you cookie, got you cookie. Um, yeah, it's so gorgeous and such like a such a a, a leap and objective and ob- uh, oh my god, I'm really struggling to speak today. Um, such a big 
obstacle to climb over for actors as well. Yeah. A month goes by, and we get uh, the clam bake coming up. Hey, hey, hey. And we get the great, great song, June is Busting Out All Over. We love it. I My favorite video, I think, of all time is that woman who starts singing it, and then she just messes up the words and just goes, It's so good. It's so funny. I love that video so much. It's like that video and the Where Am I Background Singer? They're in the same. It's it's truly like the six-month mark. It's half. It's our halfway year point. It's our summer solstice and our winter solstice. <laughs> Honestly, truly, oh. I love. I love. After a month, <laughs> they got married. Well, Billy and Julie are married. Um, I know, but like, I don't love you. But then the next scene, we're married. Give me a break. Yeah. Um. And we find out, uh, because Julie confides in to Carrie that Billy is beating her because he's uh, unemployed and he's unhappy. So, yay. We love that. Um, but Carrie has happier news. <laughs> that sucks for you, Julie, but back to me. Yep, yep. She is officially engaged um and she's just so happy and she's like i'm going to marry mr snow now because it's legit right billy arrives with his bad guy friend jigger which is uh he is like no good he is like scum um and is just like a rough you get it yeah (laughs) He's got got a thin mustache that likes to twirl, and he does like little butterfly knife tricks. In the yeah. <laughs> that kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. You know what though? It's not unlike the Parisian man coming in in Oklahoma, except less comedic. Yeah, <laughs> but like more upsetting. Much more upsetting. Yeah. So. We meet him, and after that happens, we find out that uh, Carrie is, like, the big news she's excited to say is that, like, Enoch and I, we're going to have a big family because we're going to be rich. And they have no idea that they are. They're just, like, dreaming. So, anyway. So then um, Jigger and his shipmates join joined by Billy, uh, singing about life on the sea, and they we find out that Billy has become uh, a whaler. Uh, or is trying to become a whaler and Jigger's trying to recruit him to do it. Um, so then he can become a robber and Billy is like, no, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> so Billy declines and he, because he doesn't want to have to possibly kill Mr. Bascombe because that's part of the plan. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then Mrs. Mullen from before, ho, 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 comes back in and she tries to tempt Billy to come back to the carousel so she can, like, fuck him. She wants to be with him. Fucking typical. Yeah. But he doesn't have a job. Yeah. And so he's like, 
fuck, what do I do? And so he mulls it over. However, if he does this, he has to abandon Julie and he has to decide like, I wasn't, I can't be the same flirty guy I used to be now that I'm married. Mm -hmm. We then find out that Julie is pregnant. And so in this mulling over of like, what does he do? He has to also decide what do I do to be a father and how can I be a father and how much fun he'll have as a dad. And then he decides, but what if it's a girl? Oh shit. I actually have to be a father to a girl. And he says, you know what? I'm going to be the best dad I can be in whatever way possible because I have to provide for my child. So he agrees to do the robbery with Jigger. Uh, The whole town um, is at the clam bake um, and Billy had refused to go earlier, but then decides to join in, which then gives Jigger an alibi. And then it's a finale of act one. Tensions are high. Oh, Soliloquy is so good. It's so good. But we've already gotten some like major hitters in the first act. Well, I was, I was looking up the like song list by act because I, Mm-hmm. It feels like to me it makes the most sense to end the show. I feel like it should end when he Yeah. You know, and then that should be like act 1. Boom. And then act 2 we're dealing with what happens after that. But no, it's just after he makes the decision that leads to that. But very yeah. interesting. It's like it's a very interesting mm-hmm. story structure. Well, cuz it leaves well it leaves you with what's going to happen now. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't guess that's going to happen. No. No. So anyway, during the during the intermission, everyone got full on the clam bake. And they're all like, damn, that was a nice clam bake. But then Jigger tries to seduce Carrie. And Enoch then, like, walks in in the wrong moment. And he thinks that something bad happened. And or everyone tries to comfort Carrie, which... I didn't, I never understood what's the use of wonder. And that's the song that's coming up because the, all the girls are comforting Carrie because Enoch thinks she did something bad, but she didn't. And Julie says, what's the use of wondering if he's good or bad? Because what matters is that you love him. That's, that's it. Period. I never, I even sang the song and I never fully understood what this song was about. I knew it was about her being okay with being abused Because she's like, I love him and that's it. But it's not, I don't know. It's such a strange moment for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I think it's that thing of like, at the end of the day, even with all he's done to her and does to her, like she still loves him and wants to be with him Mm -hmm. and so there's no point in wondering like what if i left him because i'm not gonna leave him because i love him Mm -hmm. and things are gonna fall where they fall but well and what's the use of sitting and wondering if he's good or bad like it doesn't matter at the end of the day because i still love him yeah he could be the worst person in the world and i would still love him which is like Heavy, heavy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's rough. 
So then after this happens, <laughs> hilariously, in my opinion, um, Julie like sees Billy trying to leave with Jigger and she's like, no, no, no. What are you doing? Don't do that. Don't leave with him. He's a bad guy. And he's like, no, I got to go. And she feels like the knife in his shirt. And she's like, oh, my God, you're going to go do this robbery. Don't do it. And he's like, Psh. it doesn't hit her. But yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. Hey, conk. <laughs> oh, man. Um, um, he goes anyway. They So then uh, we are with Jigger and Billy. Um, and they're about to go do this robbery, but the robbery fails. He, because the Mr. Bascombe already de- like deposited all the money that they were going to steal from him. So he doesn't even have it on his person. And so the robbery fails. And then Bascombe pulls a gun on Billy while Jigger escapes. But before he can kill Billy, Billy stabs himself. Doesn't he like fall on his own knife? Isn't it like an accident? I, that's not, that is not the wording that I have found, but. Sure. I, it, it, it's probably different in different productions, honestly, but like, ugh, devastating. Yeah. Devastating. It's. Ugh. Yeah. And Julie arrives just in time for him to say his last words to her. As the song, You'll Never Walk Alone happens beautiful song yeah so sad so it's so sad like the entire situation is so sad but don't be sad quite yet because we're not not knocking on heaven's door we find billy up (laughs) with the good lord saying hey dude please let me in and the high spirit known as the star keeper says you know what no, I'm not going to let you into heaven. When I first started reading this, I thought we were about to like let him into heaven and be like, oh my God, you were such a good man. I was like, let's not forget that he beat people and robbed, but sure. Abuser, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. The star keeper is like, dude, you've not been a nice guy. Like you're not getting into heaven. I don't know what you fucking thought. I don't know what you're smoking, but it probably is not helping you not get into heaven, okay? And so he was like, go back down to earth. Try to, like, help your daughter. Oh, and by the way, it's been 15 years since we've been talking. <laughs> longest conversation of your not life. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you think it's long for you? It's long for me. So he goes back down, and he has the ability to let himself be seen and not be seen at his choosing, but he goes back down to help his daughter, Louise, who is now 15 and is having trouble and is having trouble in school and people bully her because her father was such a bad guy and the way he died, people bully her, right? Um, And now Carrie is living in New York with a very wealthy Enoch. They have many children and they are all friends with Enoch and Carrie. They grew up together, right? So now we have Enoch Jr. and Louise are the two children of Julie and Carrie. Enoch Jr. is like 
I will help you through your troubles. Um, but she's like, no, I'm going to run away. I've decided to run away. Louise is like, I'm not staying here. I can't stand it here. And she's going to go join an acting troupe. <laughs> Sounds like she's on to something. Pop off queen. She's going to go get her master's in acting. Yes. <laughs> go in debt. So uh, Enoch Jr. is like, no. Let me marry you. And I promise that all of this shit will go away. And she's like, hell no. Like, my family's not going to let me marry you. That's not going to work. Ew. And I'm so, 15, so. Yeah, for real. And so then she runs up to her room. Um, she's packing and, like, ready to leave. And Billy then appears out of nowhere and is like, nope. Stop it. Don't run away. Listen to your mother. Maybe, like, take him up on his proposal, you know, whatever. And she, um... She tries to, um, he tries to offer her a gift, um, and it's a star that he stole from heaven. Not a great way to get back into heaven, but sure. But very sweet. Yeah. And then, yes. And then Louise slaps, or no, I'm sorry. Louise says, nope, I'm good. And then she refuses it, and Billy gets upset and then slaps her hand. And then he makes himself invisible. Oh, <laughs> and then <laughs> what if his becoming invisible was he just like slunk up against the wall? He just hides behind a plant. Yeah, he's like like a fern, just like <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Louise goes and tells Julie what happened, and that the slap miraculously felt like a kiss, and Julie agrees with her and knows what she means. Awful. Awful. Terrible. Like, I cannot believe. I cannot believe that that, like, no, it's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me. Terrible. Um, Julie then finds the star and she is like, oh my God, I can feel Billy. I can feel him. I can feel God in this Chili's. And then she sings if I love you or a priest. Yeah. <laughs> the, the star is a dundee. Um oh, so then Billy um invisibly attends Louise's graduation from, from high school. Uh yes. Um and hoping that he has one last chance to help his daughter redeem so he can redeem himself and get into heaven, which feels like this is all about you, friend. It's not actually about her, but sure. Then the beloved town physician, Dr. Sheldon, who resembles the starkeeper, by the way, hmm. um, uh, comes in and tells the graduating class to not rely on their parents' success or be scarred by their failures because they are their own people. And then she's like, he's like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Louise is like, you know what? You're right. Uh, and then Dr. Sheldon, Selden, Selden, excuse me, prompts everyone to sing. You guessed it. My neck, my back. <laughs> my foot and my crack. No, um, uh, proceeds to sing, you'll never walk alone. 
Billy tries to like help Louise and whisper to her like to please believe what Selden is saying that you are not you are not my actions you know and then she reaches out to another girl and they decide that they don't have to be outcasts that they can be they can go through this world uh as independent ladies lesbians then Billy goes to Julie telling her that he loves her and they all join in together singing you'll never walk alone and billy is taken to heaven i i know that the finale is you'll never walk alone but i really was ready for you to say and they all join together to sing it's a wow this show there's a so it there is so much that happens and some of it is really unfortunate. Yeah. But other parts of it are like, God, I bet that's gorgeous to see. Oh, absolutely. Like, I am sure that visually this is a beautiful show. Yeah. To, like, just see and experience, especially when, like, done with enough money to be able yeah. to do it. But, like... At the same time, like, I remember in 2018 when they had the Broadway revival, which, side note, Jesse Mueller and Joshua, Joshua Henry. Oh, my God. Stunning. Stunning. And um, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Mendez. Mendez. Of course. Well, it's like all of these things. But I was like, why are we reviving Carousel in 2018? I feel like, honestly, honestly... It's so we could have some, like, non-ingenue types play these well-written roles. Fair. Fine. But, like... Yeah, we don't need this story. Like, what is this story teaching us? What are we... What does this story provide to its audience, aside from entertainment? Yeah. That... That you can leap over the past and become your own human. Sure. That you can right your wrongs. That, I I mean, I don't know. Like All of these things you can still do without having an abuser. No, of course. You know? But and- I think if you just, like, you know, look the other way. If you just clo- close your eyes and, like, squint. Yeah. Yeah. It's... But it's such a, like... Well, and also, like, I think one of the big lessons, too, is if you search for true happiness and someone who deeply cares about you, look at the... I mean, in this show, genuine wealth and riches, but the emotional riches you have from that relationship, and that's Enoch and Carrie. Yeah. You know? Like, you get to be genuinely happy with this person, so don't settle for less absolutely and it's like the relationship between julie and billy is so tragic in so many ways because like obviously he's abusive and that's awful and it's tragic that she has to be in that situation but like starting from their first like real moment alone together with if i loved you and the whole bench scene 
looking at the lyrics, like, you can see that they're, they do love each other. Oh, yeah. But they are never going to be on the same page. Mm Mm-mm. They're never going to be on the same page. And then, oh, there's the line that Julie sings when it's like, soon you'll leave me, off you will go in the mist of day. And then what does he fucking do 20 minutes later? He dies. Like, it's, ugh, it's, it's so beautiful. But also, and. You know, that's something that's not beautiful that I, for this show, I always do. And I have, I really struggle not doing it. It's, if I loved you, my oh my, river deep, run and I. I can't, I can't not do it in my head. That's what happens every time I try to sing if I loved you. Hilarious. Also, while we were talking about the scene with, like, Billy interacting with his daughter and, like, blending in and, like, Uh all that, I was like, somewhere there has to be, like, uh a film script about a community theater trying to put on carousel <laughs> and they think it's the best thing in the fucking world, but it's just terrible. Like waiting for Guffman, but they're doing carousel. I love it. And like the director is like, no, Billy has to disappear. He can't just like not be seen. And yeah. so they have him in like a fucking ghillie suit and he like lifts it up to like talk to him. Like, <laughs> like, I would love it. Or yeah. it's, or he just goes, appear. Yeah. And he's like, now like, I, now you can see me. He, like, throws glitter in the air. <laughs> <and he's> like, <laughs> yeah. Stardust. God, I love. Oh, my God. This show. This feels this very show. phantom. Yeah. This feels very phantom and, oh, what is it? I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. Oh, I remember. The ending feels like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen that. It's a Wonderful Life, basically. I mean, do you know the story of It's a Wonderful Life? No. Oh, so basically, it's the story of this man who has, like, the worst life of all time. Like, he keeps trying to, like, leave his hometown, and every time he does, something awful happens. And finally, ooh, finally he's had enough of it and so he goes to a bridge to try to jump off and kill himself and then an angel comes down and says, no, 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 don't do that. Um, I'm like an angel in training. As you see, I don't have my wings yet because, you know, every you know, yeah, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to show you what life would be like if you had never lived. And then they go through all of that and then he oh. learns and but so like, it's like a Christmas carol, but with suicide. Yeah. But, like, something about the, like, something about him, like, seeing his daughter and Julie and, like, coming back feels very It's a Wonderful Life to me. Sure. Hmm. That's all. I, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> um, I think this show is beautiful, but I, I can't get past the abuse. I can't either. <laughs> and it's not because I'm, like... It's, it would be different if it was, like, she, she like, had a, a moment of, like, I am better than this. Like, yeah. I will not allow you to treat me like this. Yeah. But she only continues to say, like, no, it's okay. I love him. And, I mean, and for his, and to tell her daughter, like, yeah, his, his hits do feel like a kiss, don't they? Yeah. It's. Like. What? It, it's, like. 
if they gave Julie just a little bit of agency, it would be it would be ten times better. The yeah. abuse is very difficult for me to like get behind. Even though, do I want to see a bunch of people on stage singing June is busting out all over? Absolutely. That sounds like a blast. Well, you know what I want to see live and I've never been able to because I didn't see the revival, but the choreography for the uh the sailor scene. Yeah. Doing blow it. high, blow low. Da, da, da. Yeah. Oh my god, the choreography that they did for the Tonys. Crazy. And it I won mean, best choreo, did it not? I I think so. I'm pretty positive. I don't think this is like Let me see. I didn't look into like its awards and stuff because it's been it revived so many freaking yeah, times. Yeah, it's like Taylor's. Yeah, time. it won. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Ugh. Ugh. One more thing before we should probably move to Dreamcasting, and this has nothing to do with like the show itself, but I'll always take an opportunity to call out my shitty undergrad program. When I was in college i had a professor and i probably told you this i had a professor look me in my eyes and say you would be a really great julie jordan which first of all that's laughable i would i'm not a julie jordan at all i love you but yeah no i and i know that but she said you'd be a really great julie jordan i hate carousel in the same fucking breath in the same breath why would she say that she didn't like me (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah, awful, awful. So, you'd be a great Julie Jordan, but I hate Carousel. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Thanks, thanks for that. I'll talk about it in therapy in a couple of years. Appreciate it. Yeah, I can't wait to do that. Can't wait, can't wait. Ugh, okay, let's drink cast this puppy. I have Julie, Carrie, Billy, Mr. Snow, and I cast Nettie Fowler as well. Okay. Let's start with Julie Jordan, our girl, our lead, our lady. So for Julie Jordan, I, in a dream world, Jessie Mueller would be playing this role because I think she did so such good. a beautiful, so, such a beautiful so job. Like her acting is just outstanding in everything yeah. I've ever seen her do. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to pick her because that feels like it's cheating. Mm-hmm. So I thought my... My first thought outside of her was the woman who played Zydal in the most recent revival of Fiddler, and an actress named Alexandra Silber. Mm. Um, I really like her. Uh, I really liked her in Fiddler, but I've seen clips of her singing at like 54 Below stuff. Mm. She's very good, and she's got a softness to her, but she's also like maternal in a way, Mm. and I feel like that's really important. And then I was like, I think Philippa Sue would be a good Julie Jordan. Yeah. And like, that she's on my list. Um, she feels like the obvious choice to me. Yeah. Um, I also might, so I won't say my first choice quite yet. So I said Philippa Sue. And then I also said Danae Benton, maybe, but I feel like Danae might be more of a carry. Possibly. Possibly. <gasps> oh, maybe, maybe. maybe, maybe. Um, and, um, but I said, um, Leia Salonga. Oh, 
Yeah. Just like the strength that she has um, and tenderness at the same time. I mean, is exactly what Julie needs to be, which is what, yeah. um, which is what fucking, what's her name brings? Jesse Mueller. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lea Salonga. That'd be beautiful. Yeah. She'd be gorgeous. Oh my God. Ugh. I'm surprised she hasn't played it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that she played Mrs. Lovett in the Philippines? <sighs> no. It looked like a really cool production. You know what we haven't talked about? Is that the Into the Woods production and that we guessed correctly. Yes. Let's finish Dreamcasting and then we're going to talk about that. Because that is of the utmost importance. Utmost. Utmost importance. Um, What is an ut? What is an ut? What is an ut and how is it the most? (laughs) Um... So, next I have Carrie Pipperidge. Okay. And I, I, I cast Danae Benton. I love. I, like, that felt, that felt like the obvious choice to me. I, I really kind of struggle with this part because Audra McDonald has my whole ass in this role. Yeah. That's fair. Um, She's delightful. But, like... I also would love to say, but I don't actually think she's right for it, but I would love to say Bonnie Milligan. <laughs> I knew you were going to say. Yeah, I I don't see Bonnie Milligan as a character. I know. I just like, I want, I want this show to not be just a bunch of skinny sopranos. But you know what? I would be interested to see her Julie Jordan, actually. Yeah. I think she's not old. I don't think she's quite old enough yet, even though she is. Yeah, but plays old She's not enough. seasoned enough. Yeah, but I think I think she would bring a lot of strength to Julie, and I oh, think I agree. playing Julie would give her a chance to play a little more vulnerable than she yeah. usually does. And yeah. I think she'd be beautiful. I agree. I'd be into that. I'd be very into that. So You know, who would be a really good Julie Jordan in the movie version? Like, in the non-singing version? <laughs> um, Emma Stone. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. She would be really good. Yeah. Ugh. She would be really good. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so next I have <laughs> Billy Bigelow. Um, okay. I don't feel super strong about mine, but he's the first person that came to mind. Ramin Karamloo. See that I would be okay. With I don't that. think his acting would be strong enough. No, but vocally, his soliloquy would be beautiful. Yeah, Joshua Henry was just so Joshua, good. Joshua Henry truly, yeah, was like this is and top tier. This is the pinnacle. The, the people who have played him are people that I'm like, yes, I would cast these people, and they make a lot of sense. Patrick Wilson mm-hmm. and Alfie Bow. Yeah, I love Alfie Bow's Jean Valjean. Mm. so good um and those but they've you know those are the yeah yeah um i mean i just feel like there's just someone that i'm not even like thinking of but like who has the the classical baritone and like vocal like that real rich baritone sound but is also the crazy good actor that Joshua Henry is in this role. Like it's hard to find. It is hard. Well, they don't, 
cast a lot of baritones really anymore. It's a lot of tenors yeah. mostly. It might be like a baritone, but like true baritone baritones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that makes it difficult. Yeah, <laughs> makes it, it difficult. Does. And I'm sure there's someone that like if people wrote in. You know, they were like, but yeah. this person, and it's like, okay, then, like, fuck it. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm open that. to suggestions. I'm, I'm open to it. Um, so my Billy, I was like, I want someone who's gonna bring like a lot of strength to the character because I do think he has a lot of strength and also charm. That's like key to Billy, is even though he's a, an abuser, ugh, you have to still like him. I'm so, I, I hope I don't you know who you're going like to say. You and know, you're, no. I don't know if he has no. the classical vocals to do no. it. Because no, I haven't no, heard him. No, no, I no. think, shh, no. I was quiet for you. I was quiet for you. I think Andy Carl no. would be a great Billy Bigelow. And I stand by that, actually. I knew when you fucking opened it. your mouth, that's what you were going to say. I do. I think, no. I, I think he would be good. No. I think he would be good. No. I think he'd be good. He could play Mr. Snow. No, that's not who I got this Mr. Snow. <laughs> in my I have is Mr. Snow. In my production, Andy Carl is Billy Bigelow. Girl, you give him too much. I lo- I'm not saying he's he's not great, <laughs> but you give him too much. I just have a lot of faith. And also, like, I've Fine, always... Can we have can we have Carrie as uh, Orfe? <laughs> sure. Why Ooh. fuck not? <laughs> I don't care. But, like... I, I've never seen him do anything like this, and I would actually be really interested to see him do a classical musical instead mm-hmm. of more contemporary stuff. Yeah. Maybe he could do it at, like, Paper Mill or something. Yeah. This doesn't have to be the Broadway revival. This could be the Paper Mill. Or, you know, the Muni, even. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Andy Carl, this one goes out to you, buddy. Okay. Sing your soliloquy. I'll watch it. Um, so next I have Mr. Snow. <sighs> Mr. Snow. I don't have a lot of feelings about Mr. Snow, if I'm being honest. Gavin Creole. Aww. Ethan Slater. Yeah, those are cute. Those are cute. My, the two I have are, like a, I think he's a little old now, but like a couple of years ago, Danny Burstein, I think. Because mm-hmm. he's so, like, so, you just feel safe around him. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, I feel like Bryce Pinkham would be a good Mr. Snow <gasps> as well. Oh, yes. I think he would be good. Um, I think that he would be so sweet. Um, yeah. I also thought about uh, Brian Darcy James would be a great Billy as well. I thought about that too, but I was like, I got to stick to my guns. I can't give her any other options. <laughs> but I do agree. I actually think Brian Darcy James would also be a great Billy. Bigelow. He could act the shit out of it too. He would act the shit out of it and sing the shit out of it. Well, yeah, that's a given. Like, oh, um, a king. Um, and then you had Nettie. I do have, I do have two possible Netties. Do you have any Netties? Mm-mm. Great. So my two possible Netties are. Audra McDonald, I think it would be fun to bring her back into the show because she's, like, such an integral part of Mm -hmm. it. At least for me. It feels like she should be in it. But she's a little old for Carrie now. And then this is a random one, and I don't have anything to back it up other than, like, a vibe thing. Deborah Monk. (laughs) I I don't know why. I sat here to type it earlier today, and I went, Deborah Monk. She's uh she's Mrs. Mullen. 
Yes. She's both. Yeah. She's she double yeah. cast. She doubles. She um, puts on a hat. She also doubles as the starkeeper. Yes. Yes. This is like a five person cast. I want the starkeeper to be Patty Lapone. <laughs> She's like, you know, you know, nah, nah. <laughs> no. yeah, I'd love that actually. Patty, no, this our keeper is Brittany Broski. <gasps> Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Mm. Uh, okay, that's our dream cast. Now let's talk about Into the Woods and how listeners, you might know that we did an Into the Woods episode like last year. Uh, with the incomparable Christina Bianco, mm-hmm. and we dreamcast it, and the casting for the Broadway transfer came out, and we were right on about a couple of the casting choices, so... We really were. I'm not uh, saying we're soothsayers, but maybe we are. But maybe we are. Maybe we are. Okay. Maybe we are. Um, oh, yeah, that gosh. was pretty, uh, that was pretty fucking awesome to see that we, that we nailed that. Yeah. Patina Miller as the witch, you'll n- you're prepared to be sick of me. Prepare to be sick of me because you and Christina were both like, mm. yeah. But I was fucking right, and Broadway agrees. Broadway agrees. God, but she Brian- was so good as um. I, I say this every oh, time. We as the Patina Miller. Yes. Oh yes, absolutely. The leading player in Pippin. Absolutely. Oh my god. I can't wait for us to do Pippin. Yeah, um, I love Pippin. Um, Brian Darcy James is the baker though. Yeah. Oh, it's like, so good. I know. So, I I won. So good. You, you. We both won. Congrats to us. Congrats to us. We, did we didn't it. get any more, right? Because I don't think so. There weren't any that. There's no more that I remember that we got. Well, those were also the the big hitters, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were the big hitters. I think. How we, could we have guessed Sarah Bareilles? We touched on Gavin Creel. Oh yeah. It, but we didn't cast him as a prince um christina was like he would have been he's too old now but he would have been an incredible jack and i yeah. I, agree, I agree with her on that very um, true but i'm so, i'm seeing it twice i'm so excited yes <sighs> oh my god right. all right well, well that's it we did it joe um, we did it joe we did it joe um thanks so much for listening our next episode coming out on the 24th is going to be a very broad departure, but still lots of girl power. It's legally blonde. Oh my god, that's next episode. Yeah, our next episode. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. Maybe I'll wear pink in celebration. Andy Carl, get ready. Andy Carl for every role. Andy Carl for Earl Woods, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Hey. Let's white, go. White men don't get enough. They don't. They really don't. <laughs> Uh, Well, listeners, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you later. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to This Podcast Won't Run a Week. If you'd like to support us, be sure to rate, review, follow, like, and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're interested in additional very cool content, you can head over to patreon.com slash thispodcastwon'trunaweek. You can check out all of our social media information as well as performance links in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening. We love you lots. Goodbye.